Hi, this is Kristen Regal. And this is Paul Rock. And welcome to the Common Room Podcast. Um, every Sunday at 1045, we gather together to talk about life and spirituality, about the common experiences we share, as well as some of the questions we wrestle with. We hope you enjoy this, and we hope to see you some Sunday at 1045. resources. So at the top are for families. Um, If you're interested in how to be a sex positive family, there's a bunch of things here. Um, We've got some print resources, books that are really good for people of all ages. Um, So stuff for children, things for women, things for men, folks for folks who are transgender. And then if you're just like interested in Christianity and sexuality in general, um, we've got some resources there. And then finally, I had done a class called Turning Me To Into Never Again. And so we recognize that having these conversations can bring up a lot for us. Um, for some of us, these can be really exciting conversations. For some of these, for, for some of us, these can be really vulnerable conversations. For some of us, this can be kind of traumatic, or it can like stir some things up that we haven't thought about or don't want to be thinking about. And so we also have resources here if you need someone to talk to or if you need space just to process. Um, we don't want you to feel alone in that. So any questions about those? All right. Um, so to get started, I'm going to invite you just to turn to your neighbors and say hi, see how the morning's going, and if you were here last week to share kind of any takeaways. So last week we talked about sex positivity, um, and if you weren't here last week, just to kind of hear what we talked about, and then we'll come back together. So you've got about two minutes, introductions, what do you remember from last week, and we'll come back together. Um, so this week we're going to talk a little bit about um, sexuality, spirituality, values, and we're going to kind of continue that conversation and try to focus on kind of what these things mean for us. So the hope for today is that you think about what are the connections or maybe the disconnections between sexuality and spirituality, not just on like a broad, philosophical, abstract level, but what does this look like in your own life? Um, And we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to explore and reflect on our understandings of Christian spirituality and sexuality. Um, I'm a pastor. I approach things from a Christian perspective. If that doesn't work for you, just say uh, spirituality and sexuality. Um, We're going to spend some time unpacking sexuality because that's like a term that gets thrown around a lot. Um, And it can mean a lot of different things. And there's actually a really beautiful, holistic understanding of it that I want to introduce. And then we're going to talk about what are the connections between spirituality and sexuality, and then just kind of reflect on our own values and commitments. And I want to give credit where credit is due. So um, a lot of what I'm drawing on today, both for the slide material and exercises, kind of come from these three sources. Our Whole Lives, which is a sexuality education program for adults. Um, Dr. Kate Ott, who's just like this incredible, like, professor and does a lot with Christianity and spirituality. 
and sexuality at men. Uh, there's a really great curriculum from the Peace USA. So I wish these ideas were all my own, but they're not. But I can do. I can put you in the right direction. Um, so to get started, um, just like sexuality is kind of this nebulous term, um, I think spirituality can be as well. Um, here's the thing: in my mind, when I think about spirituality, I'm like, oh, I've got all these great ideas. And the minute that I put Christian spirituality in front of it, I suddenly get like a little bit tense, right? Like I'm suddenly like, oh, Christian spirituality is something different, right? Now, if you are like me, you may just want to stick with the term spirituality. If you are someone who's like, for me, Christian spirituality is like, that's it, that's okay, do that. Um, but what I'm going to ask you to do is at your tables to spend about 30 seconds just doing a really kind of quick thinking exercise. So we're going to come back together. So I would love to hear, uh, when we hear this very nebulous term of spirituality or Christian spirituality, what comes to mind? What did you all come up with? Peace. Peace. All right. Say more about that. specifically kind of boxed us in a little bit yeah. at our table. Yeah. Yeah, there's those, yeah, it can be both, like, constraining, and some people may feel like, oh, this is freeing, because, like, there's a way there, but, like, yeah, so spirituality can mean a lot of things, right? Or cri even Christian spirituality, right? But I feel like maybe a general way of thinking about it are, like, values, beliefs, practices that are generally centered on Jesus Christ and kind of the things that we know about who Jesus was and what he taught. Um, and you don't have to do this right now, but I'd invite you at some point just to think about, like, what Christian spirituality means to you. So not just broadly, but kind of what does this actually mean for you? So what we're called to be is not just spirits, but bodies, people who are in relationship. And I bet if we were to ask each of us, what is Christianity, Christian spirituality, or what does spirituality mean, um, I bet we would come up with a lot of different answers. Um, but today we're going to focus on what is the connection between spirituality and sexuality. So I'm going to have you do the same exercise, but this time, rather than asking what, is spir or what does spirituality mean to you, I want you to do the same thing at your tables and talk about what does sexuality mean. So what comes to mind, you're going to have about 30 seconds to spend time. When you hear the word sexuality, what comes to mind for you? What does this mean? So ready, set, go. All right, so we're going to come back together. Um, so what came up for sexuality? Well, how would you define sexuality? What comes to mind when you think about it? Uh, attraction. Attraction? Pleasure, absolutely. 
think you're sort of thinking the other way and it's very visceral, or it is very visceral, almost in opposition to, or I shouldn't say in opposition, but opposed to spirituality. I mean, opposed isn't even the right word, but expecting a, something to be embodied, something to be physical. Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone grow up having like a divide between the spiritual and the body? Did anyone grow up in a tradition that kind of talked about those things? So there's like spirituality and then there was like the carnal flesh, right? Which isn't, again, not biblical, right? And actually, like, Jesus came in the flesh. Like, literally, we are an embodied faith. But we get those weird messages, right? That spirituality is about, like, like peace and love and joy and all these, like, nice little ideas that are in our mind. But, like, what we see is, like, no, 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 no. It's actually, like, the bodies, right? The body part. Um, sexuality, what did you guys think over here? Some wasn't broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be the leader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, we talk about, like, thinking about, like, oh, I'm, like, sexually attracted, though, and, like, it's, like, what you believe in, like, you know, like, your body, and then also, like, how you act that out, and then we start talking about kind of being, like, oh, like, you're a sexual person. Like, not as well, always a positive thing. Yeah. And especially, like, women. I guess, I don't know if we were talking before, so probably women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, not yeah. always a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, even the random things that can be, like, oh, like, they you did that. Like, <laughs> But, but like, random things that aren't even that, yeah, like, not even that tied to being sexual. Like, oh, like, they did that. Like, they must be something. Yeah. But they're clothing. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, like, behaviors there. And Brandon and Jane, you guys want to add anything to that? There's a kind of thread of, like, sexual identity. Yeah. More personal identity. Trying to identify yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so this is like, you guys are actually, uh, you're going to make my job really easy because you hit most of the high points. Um, so usually when we talk about sexuality, we often think just about things like, and again, at some point I'd encourage you to think about what does sexuality mean to me and making your own definition. Um, but the first thing that comes to mind for a lot of folks is just sexual behavior, right? Like you hear sexuality and you're like, oh, it's about having sex, whatever that means or whatever that looks like. Um, but our sexuality actually encompasses a whole lot more. And our sexuality actually evolves throughout our lifetime. So if you think about like your sexuality, which we'll talk about when you were seven, it was probably really different than when you were 17. Your sexuality is probably really different than from 17 to 27, or when you're 77, right? So sexuality is something that is evolving and changing with our life, with our circumstances, with our relationships, with our understanding of ourselves, our understanding of God and others. Um, it's not static. Um, what we also know is it's part of our personality, right? So sexuality is not out there. It's not something to be able repressed or to put on a pedestal. It's part of who we are, and it includes things like you all mentioned about gender identity, expression, orientation, attraction, and how we experience and express intimacy. Um, This quote I really like, um, and it just says, sexuality encompasses the sexual knowledge, beliefs, and attitudes, values, and behaviors of individuals, and that includes a whole lot of things, not just anatomy and physiology, um, but also understandings of how we see ourselves and how we live in relationship with others. And so when we talk about sexuality, um, we do so recognizing that it is a good gift from God and that part of how we care for ourselves, how we honor God, how we honor others, is by knowing our own sexuality, Um, knowing who we are and recognizing that if I know myself and what feels good or what my values are today, that a year from now, those might change. And so we kind of have to be in constant conversation to say, um, what is my sexuality? How do I understand myself and my relationship with myself and with others? not just once, but throughout a lifetime. And so this is my handy dandy little graph um, of what it means to have kind of a holistic understanding of sexuality. 
Now, does everyone have those handouts that I didn't do in color? Um, I'm going to talk through these, but I'm going to encourage you, if you have questions or if you have ideas, to kind of share through these. Um, and this is kind of our little, little diagram here. And so again, sexuality isn't just behaviors. It includes all of these other little things, um, including intimacy, sensuality, which Doug mentioned, sexual identity, sexual and reproductive health, and sexualism. And as we go through these, I'd encourage you just to reflect on where you feel like you're the most mature or strong. So for all of us, um, these are all parts of our sexual identity. But for some of us, we might be like, yeah, like sensuality, I feel like really comfortable with and I'm like really good there. And then you might be like, intimacy is a little bit harder for me. Or you might be like, I like love intimacy and risk taking. But, you know, like sensuality feels a little awkward. And so just kind of like reflect through these. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is intimacy. Um, Here's a definition here, but don't look at it. How would you define intimacy? What does intimacy mean to you? Connection. Connection. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yeah, absolutely. I'd probably say belonging. You're saying it. <laughs> I like that Nick like whispered it. I'm like, this is very vulnerable right now, right? Yeah. Right? So intimacy is like that emotional, yeah, that closeness to one another. But it involves really hard things. Like, I think a lot about, like, Brene Brown with this part of it. So, like, risk-taking and vulnerability. Like, even caring, like, putting an emotional investment in someone else. Like, that takes a ton of work, right? To be like, I'm going to, like, put myself into you. Um, Self-disclosure, which means risking, like, your secret stuff like the stuff that you don't want to tell everyone on Facebook or social media of like, hey, here's how I'm a wreck and not just in a funny way, but like really a wreck. Um, and intimacy is one of those things that if we're talking about a healthy spirit or sexuality, we have to be real about. The other part of it is that um, we have to understand that intimacy isn't just about sexual relationships, right? So like a mature sexuality would understand that intimacy isn't just about physical intimacy, right? but how we live in that closeness with others in emotional terms. So does anyone have like an example of intimacy in a non-sexual relationship? Would you describe any of your relationships as intimate? You don't have to go into detail, but anyone here? I think siblings, you know, yeah. really close intimate relationships where I think yeah. can expose parts of yourself you want to, you know, your friend or even other family members. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Doug. How do you go through traumatic events? Yeah. Because that, that can be very intimate. And how do you work through it and work through your own emotions? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that both going through things and also there are things that can hurt our intimacy, right? So those times that we may be really, uh, take a lot of risks in a relationship and not have that either well cared for or have ourselves feel shut down. Um, intimacy, again, is not, these aren't static things, right? Either we're building those skills up and having them be received well, or there are things that can be like, you know what, I really was vulnerable with this person, and they were, like, really terrible, and now I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Um, any other examples of intimacy? Anything else that comes to mind? Yeah. Brene Brown talks about the marble jar, which is, like, yeah. kind of, it's about trust. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but I think it applies to intimacy, too, where you have this, like, proverbial marble jar and every time that you you take a risk with somebody you start with small risks yeah. and they follow through with an action that makes you trust them or feel more intimate or more close with them you kind of put a proverbial marble into the jar 
and the more marbles you have with a little stuff and the more you feel like you can put big marbles in. So like you had all these examples of little ways that you can trust them and then you can put big things in. And likewise, yeah. you could also take that action and not feel safe and not feel like you can trust them and the marbles kind of come out. So I think it's that yeah. constant flux. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and so part of having that healthy sexuality, right, is like recognizing how do we put marbles into the proverbial jar and also recognizing that we're not going to have the same amount of intimacy with every single person, right? So the goal is not to be like, you know, the person that I meet at the grocery store, I'm going to like reveal this like really intimate detail to, maybe, you know, like maybe, <laughs> like they're going to be cornered in the milk corner and be like, I just wanted to get this and you're like cheering way too much, right? But like to say, like part of having a healthy sexuality, a Christian spirituality, is like that we need to be able to be intimate with people, which requires both being able to take risks, but also to hold people really gently when they when they take risks with us too. Um, so that's kind of the first one. Um, the next one is sensuality. Um, so Doug, you mentioned this one earlier, um, but what else comes to mind when we think about sensuality? And I know the definition's up there, but don't read it completely. So sensuality. It's like one of those words that I like. Don't think I really heard until like my twenties, and then I was like, "Ooh, they're a sensual person!" Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Anything that comes to mind with sensuality? Hot oil. Hot oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like confidence. Yeah, touch, confidence. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what enables you to feel. Yeah. To have those just feelings. Yeah, absolutely. So sensuality, right, is like the hot oil. It's like the touch. It's what allows us to be aware and accept and be grateful for our bodies, right? Like God didn't make us as spirits. God made us as people who could experience pleasure and pain, taste and touch and sound and smell, right? Like our bodies are incredible. So to have a healthy Christian spirituality, you have to be sensual. And that's also understanding how we look. So I would say if I were to like put it down, like sensuality is like something that like on the one hand I like really love, and on the other hand I'd like really struggle to accept my body with, right? And so as I think about like a holistic sexuality for me, part of it is realizing that like there are times that I'm not really grateful for my body, or there are times that like I have a really hard time being like, oh, my body's good. Um, and so sensuality is just this recognition that like our bodies, our comfort, like it, it, it's good. And here's a couple of examples of it. So it's aware of being, or it's being aware of our physiology. It's our body image. That's part of our sexuality. Um, it's our understanding of attraction, right? Um, what is our most powerful? What is our most powerful sexual organ? The brain, right? I'm not John. I didn't know what you were gonna say, but I was a little. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Hannah going like this, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, it's your brain, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. John. <laughs> John. No, but it's our brain, right? Like our, the most important, like part of like sexuality, it's our brain. Like, who are we attracted to? What makes turns us on? What doesn't? Right. And so some of that is physiological, but a lot of it is our brain. Um, sexuality, and I like love this, is satisfaction of skin hunger. Have you guys heard that term before? Skin hunger. I like hadn't heard about this, right? 
But if you think about like a newborn baby, right, and the closeness of like them laying on the chest, or like have you ever just wanted to be touched? Like I like feel like every five years they come up with that study of like you need like seven hugs a day or to be touched, <laughs> right? But like our bodies crave like skin on skin contact. And again, not necessarily in a sexual way, but that like we are made for those close relationships. Um, sensuality also recognizes like sexual release and tension that like we have the ability to experience orgasm, right? And to let go of that tension and names that as part of like the goodness of how our bodies are created. Like that God said like, not just I'm gonna like be able to give you bodies, but I want you to have bodies that experience pleasure, right? And that that is like how our bodies are made, like to experience pleasure. All of this stuff is, none of these are universal, right? And if you've noticed, what I've been trying not to do is put a lot of value into this. And so, again, to have a holistic sexuality, it's kind of like, how do we develop in each of these areas? And for some of us, we're gonna be like, I'm really strong in this area, or this area I like need to do a little bit more work on. Um, but body image, look, it's culturally like dependent, right? So like images of like what is beautiful or what it means to have like a healthy body image of yourself is gonna look different depending on culture. It's gonna look different depending on the time of history. Um, same thing with like fantasy, like all of these are gonna depend on kind of who we are and the different, um, different cultural and social factors that, that influence them. Um, but it is interesting, right? Like to say like that our bodies are made not just for like sexual pleasure, but like eating something that's really sweet and liking that, right? Or hearing music, like that God wants us to experience good things in life. Now we need to like be honest and be like the minute that we're like putting our pleasure or our own ability to get what we want in front of someone else and hurting someone, like we went too far, right? Like it's not that pleasure is the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is relationship with all of these things. But I think we went too far in the other direction of saying like, we need to repress and like say all these things are bad versus like can we start from a sex positive place of saying these things are good how do we live in like honest relationship that like holds each other accountable versus like you're just bad this is bad too all right so we're gonna go to the next one here um sexual identity this one i'm not gonna have you guess for so sexual identity also includes gender identity um and it's the development of who you are sexually including a sense of your gender and so each of us have a sexual identity. A sexual identity does not mean that you're having sex, that you wanna have sex, that you've had sex. It has to do with kind of your internal sense of who you are. Um, and I'm gonna encourage you to grab those handouts. Does everyone have the little lovely the gender unicorn? Has anyone seen this before? Yeah, so we won't spend a ton of time on it. Um, but I just like wanna kind of complicate or remind us that our sexual identity is more than just kind of our anatomy or in terms of our orientation. Um, but before we do that, I just wanna again say for when we talk about gender, sex, and sexuality, we have to understand that all this is socially constructed, historically specific, and culturally specific. And that when we talk about all of this, we also have to talk about power. Like, so um, I'm looking at this table that has a couple of doctors there, right? Um, and so I will say like, for when we talk about like what is a healthy sexuality, like think about for LGBTQ folks, how medicine has often said, if you are gay, there's something wrong with you and it's a medical disease, right? Or think about how the church has done that, right? So like we have to talk about power of who gets to define what is healthy, what is correct, what is normal, um, and that recognize that those change over time. Um, and so does everyone know who this is? I showed this to our fourth graders and no, they didn't know who this was and it made me so sad. You don't need to know this person. Does everyone know who this is? Yeah. <laughs> it was like this moment, and then I was like, oh, they're on TV, and they're like, what's the TV? Like, it was like so sad. Um, so this is Trevor Noah, who I like a lot, and this is uh, Jacob Tobiah. And uh, Jacob came on and was like, 
hey, like, I want you to, like, basically, like, fuck with gender, and so you're going to put on these earrings, and Trevor Noah put it on, he's originally from South Africa, and Jacob was like, oh, you look so good, like, look at you, like, mixing it up, and Trevor was like, oh, it's funny that you say that, because um, where I grew up in South Africa, like, I just actually, like, look really traditional, like, he was like, actually, men wear earrings all the time, and so my grandma's going to look at me and be like, finally, like, <laughs> you've embraced yourself, right? And so, again, it's just that understanding of, like, when we see things, like, we may be like, oh, they're playing with gender, it's feminine or masculine, or, but to be like, no, 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 everything is culturally specific, it's historically specific, there are no universals when it comes to this. Um, and so, gender unicorn, we won't spend a lot of time on this, um, but gender identity, can someone give me a definition of what gender identity is? Someone sees themselves. Yep, absolutely. So it's like the little rainbow in the head. So your gender identity is what's between your ears. It's how you see yourself. If you notice on this, there are, um, we've lived in a gender binary for a long time. It was like female on one side, male on the other. And um, we've moved beyond that to say those are really on their own. And we've also realized that there are more than just two genders. And so it's female, woman, girl, male, man, boy, and then other genders. Um, all right, what about gender expression? Can someone give me a definition of that? Like how do you, like what you wear, how does your hair, do you have makeup, earrings, like yeah. all these like physical things we do to express how we are and how we want to be seen. Yeah, absolutely, it's, it's how we express, gender is performed right? It's not innate, right? Like, so like you, like every time that I put on makeup or not put on makeup, I perform gender, right? And so it's how you express it. So you'll see it's like the outside of the unicorn, um, what clothes you wear, your hairstyle. Um, and again, your gender identity doesn't have to line up with your gender expression, right? And so um, I identify as a woman. That's how I see myself. Um, my gender expression sometimes is more feminine and sometimes it's more masculine. For me, that doesn't change how I see myself in my head, but I realize that like I have a little bit of variety on those spectrums um, for folks. Um, sex assigned at birth, is that pretty self-explanatory? Mm -hmm. um, again, male or female. Um, intersex, are folks familiar with that term? A little bit, okay. So intersex is the understanding that when we're assigned it, uh, when we're born, we're assigned a gender, or assigned a sex. Um, and that for a lot of folks, I think it's like over 20 different combinations of chromosomes now exist that we realize that it has never been just male and female. Um, so folks who have kind of a different, um, uh, a different makeup, whether that's chromosomal or in terms of hormones or in terms of anatomy are called intersex. It's just a general umbrella term. And the crazy thing is for a long time, doctors didn't tell parents if their children were born and intersex, and they would make those determinations to say you're mostly male or mostly female, we're just gonna put it that way. Um, that's no longer the practice, but it's actually really frequent. Um, the other part of it is if you think about like chromosomal differences, um, just by looking at a child, you may not be able to see all the differences that are there. But what we found is that it hasn't been like a PC thing where our culture is like suddenly creating like more categories. Um, what we've actually realized is that nature has always been much more complicated and we've been trying to fit this like really broad range of who people are into two categories that have never really been true. Um, and so that's just a quote that says, we now know that sex is more complicated enough that we have to admit that nature doesn't always draw a line for us between male and female, we actually draw the line on nature. Um, and the farther that science goes, we have to admit to ourselves that the categories we've been using have like never been stable categories, right, that we've just been kind of forcing them to be what they are. This also includes, um, is that different kind yeah. of thinking about this, like, uh, 
were born with like both anatomical male and female parts mm-hmm. and and is there anything beyond that like chromosomally too like i guess if you have your x and y and your x and x are moving over into the yeah, yeah. there can be um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like are there yeah. more there pieces be, of the x yeah, there can be, be a lot of things especially if like receptors and hormones don't match up that you can be even born it's a lot of Sometimes it's like X people that we think look like XX, they look female, but right. their, their receptors were off, and so the testosterone wasn't acting the way it should, and so they're born with what we see, like, oh, it looks like a female, if we like, look at their genitalia, mm-hmm. but then we might be wrong. Sometimes, the most crazy one is that this pu- puberty hits, the testosterone spikes, and then like their female genitalia kind of turn more male, and it's like... Very disorienting for people, wow. as you might imagine. There's like a million one like the receptors can go wrong, the hormones, and then we think about like the way the hormones are acting on the brain versus the genitalia. Yeah, it's a whole okay. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. imagine that this, right. like, and imagine this has ha- been happening for thousands of years, but even hundreds, and to just be told, well, you're male or female, right? And then like when you're like, oh, these categories don't work, or like my, what's happening to my body, right? Like right. to realize like it hasn't been nature it's been us trying to say like you have to be this or this when nature's like I've never had it be that way so part of our sexuality is like realizing like what is our stuff that we're putting onto it and what is the natural world and like how do we like say what's normal and not normal and again is that our stuff we need to own or is that what like is actually there um thank you for being here to like explain a little more they are hallucinating yeah fascinating what's so weird too like this is not that complicated of a thing to grasp but for some people, it's just like, like I know, I noticed in work, like when we were working with family, families or kids that um, are non-binary or transgender, it's like the end of the world when they're like, this is my body. Well, this isn't ours, just ask. Right. It's like this whole, it like yeah. blows their mind. And like the other day I saw on Facebook somebody bitching about, there's only two genders. I'm like, okay, number one, are you bored? And it's it's one of those things where, but it, I mean, if you think about it, like so, on the one hand, it's like really simple, and on the other hand, it's how our society is structured. So, like, think about even going to get like a license that you have to declare this is my gender, right? Or like for getting married, right? Like for a long time, it was like, what is your gender before you can get married? So it's like one of those things where it's like really simple and you're like, why does this matter? And then on the other hand, you're like, everything matters about this, right? Like it just, it is written into our laws. It's written into like whether you can be a pastor if you're male or female. Like, so it's one of those things where like when you look at it, like it's not just like the gender part. It's like we're going to like rock with like the power structures of society, which is hard. Um, So again, gender identities in your head, gender expression is kind of clothes, hairstyle, how you kind of present and you perform gender sex assigned at birth. Um, is like what the doctor decides is your sex, um, which can vary from your gender identity. So you can be assigned male and then say, no, actually, I see myself as female. So there can be dissonance there. And then the last part is just who you're physically or emotionally or romantically attracted to, right? And that's kind of the orientation piece of it. Um, and transgender is an umbrella term, which means if your gender identity is different than your sex assigned at birth, um, that those, that those don't line up, so it's, it's transgender. But any questions about that? So part of having a healthy, holistic sexuality is understanding your gender identity, who you're attracted to, and again, 
I hope what you're seeing with all this is it doesn't just have to do with sex, right? Like a lot of this is like, how do you be a healthy sexual person? It's intimacy, it is um, understanding sensuality, it's understanding kind of who you are as a sexual being. Um, the next thing we're gonna go into is just sexual and reproductive health. Um, so why would we talk about sexual and reproductive health when talking about a holistic sexuality? Any ideas? Like I love that it, it's again attitudes and behaviors and it's not, in, if you look at the end, it's for individuals and society, right? So it's like how do you claim like not just questions about like factual information for myself, but do I think that should be allowed for other folks? Same thing for like reproductive rights. Like what are your feelings and attitudes? And again, I'm not assigning judgment here of like you need to think this or feel this, but just to do the reflection, to be like how do I feel about these things? Where do those feelings come from and like what are my attitudes, right? Because um, we all have, like, we all have very specific takes on things, and it's helpful to reflect. And also, again, to recognize with sexuality, it changes, right? So, like, you may be like, at one point, I really felt like this, and now I have this understanding, and it's changed. Um, but if we're to be like healthy, holistic individuals, we have to be in dialogue with ourselves. Um, and the other part of it is just um, recognizing like sexual intercourse, like between men and women, can sometimes result in pregnancy. Um, and that there's always risk involved, right? So part of the risk taking is like if you're sexually active with someone, there is the risk of um, STIs. And so how do we be aware? How do we practice safer sex? Yep, Doug, go ahead. I think the when in society, it, for the most part, yeah. this is how it, sex is brought up. Mm -hmm. And it's usually in health class. Yeah. And they don't talk a lot about the other stuff, the emotional, the, the other more And I think too that, I mean, it's the factual information, right? But to that point of like feelings and attitudes. So how do we even talk about like STIs, right? Do we do it from a sex, like STIs are really common, right? Mm -hmm. And so like if you think about the moral stigma that is associated with someone who says I have an STI versus any other like transmittable disease, it's huge, right? Because we live in a sex negative culture. So it's not just like, oh, you like caught this cold, like, oh, that's too bad. It's like, you are immoral, right? Like we assign moral value, which is like really problematic. So again, it's like, what are our feelings and attitudes about this? And like, if we're gonna be healthy, like we have to name that. Same thing with like contraception or abortion or any of those things. Like to be like, yeah, I need to know what I feel and where that attitude comes from and like 
do I own it? Do I want to change it? You know, and how do I recognize that it's not just for me, but as part of the society? Like, we, we got to talk about those things. Anything else with reproductive and sexual health? Yeah. All right, so we're going to go to the last one. Um, so the last one is sexualism. Um, and it's the use of sexuality to influence, control, or manipulate, manipulate, uh, manipulate others. Um, and this can be both positive and negative. So the, if you think about like seduction or flirting, right, it's using your sexuality to like kind of entice someone or bring them in. And so it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like, so there are like ways that you can use your sexuality in ways that are manipulative, um, that can be like healthy and kind of fun. Um, but we also see what um, is described as the sinister side of sexuality with this too. And if you're gonna have a healthy sexuality, like you can't just talk about like good and all the times I've gotten things right, but are there also times that like there's lines that have been crossed or where I haven't been using my sexuality in a way that God like calls me to do? So whether that's using it for manipulation in a way of like being abusive towards a partner, whether it's harassment, whether it's sexual assault, um, this recognition that like our sexuality, we have to claim the parts of us that like we may not like, right? Um, and again, that's part of like we live in a community of like forgiven people, not a club of the morally pure and perfect. Um, but if you're just to be like, oh, I just have really positive things, I'd be like, really? Because I don't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can like think of examples like where I didn't treat myself well, I didn't treat someone else well. And I think the bad part is like when we don't talk about that and we're just like, oh, we've all got it figured out. It's more like, how do we be real and how do we call each other to do better? And so I really like that they include this in like a holistic understanding because otherwise you just like, you don't hit the hard stuff. We do not, I would say generally like think about sexual, sexuality holistically, right? Like I would say like maybe we talk about like sexual identity here or reproductive health over here or sexualism here. But like what I would argue is to be like followers of Christ, and again, I come from a Christian perspective, but if you don't just think about like on your path, right? that we need to have like a much more holistic understanding of what it means to be healthy, both as individuals, as people in relationship with God, and with one another, right? So if you're like the sensuality part, like, or the intimacy part, like if you're not intimate with anyone, right? Like that's not a healthy way to live, right? And like you probably have to do some work because you're gonna be doing some weird stuff on the side then, right? Like you're gonna get into like weird power practices. Same thing with like sexual and reproductive health. Like we need to be focused on not just us, ourselves as individuals, but like society, right? And so um, I think it's like we leave from here just to like realize like what is the work that we need to do and how do we change these conversations from just about like sex or sexualism to being like it is so much more. Um, at the heart of this all is God's love, <laughs> right? Um, but like really, right? Like so the thought is God's love is in the middle there. It touches all of those things. Like that is the source of our being. That's whose image we are created in. Um, and it's God's love that allows us to connect. So last week we talked about like loving God, ourselves, and others. And that's kind of the linchpin between those different pieces. So like intimacy with God, with ourselves, with others, sensuality, right? Like this understanding that our bodies were created by God and good. Our sexual identity, understanding that as a gift from God. And like when people are who God created them to be, like that is a way of like honoring God and to be celebrated and not like shamed or like repressed. Um, our sexual health of understanding God gave us the responsibility to care for each other and sexualism of like naming of like, hey, you know what? Like we are all flawed human beings. And like if we're not going to like name that, like we're not being honest and true. We're not creating like real authentic relationship. Um, so we are coming to 
um, kind of the, I've got about seven more slides that we're not going to get to today. Um, but I'd love for you guys to, to turn to your table and talk about, so like, why are we talking about this today? Like, why are we talking about both sexuality and spirituality? And do these ever come together? And if so, in what ways? And then this is like, I don't have a right answer to this question. But do you hope that most people find a spiritual component in their sexuality? Why or why not? So we're going to come back together. Um, any thoughts? Do spirituality or Christian spirituality and sexuality ever come together? like really I appreciate you naming that right because again like even in my head there's immediate like oh it means sex right like it's like sex and like but it's like, no, no no sexuality is much bigger like the intimacy and prayer right of how those come together that's a great example yeah and it's kind of that thing like the relational part right like of, we talked about the great commandment last week of like God ourselves and others like it's not one of those it's the three of them and like if we cut off any one part of these right like and it's not holistic like like we're one, not living into who God called us to be, but we do a lot of harm to ourselves. We do a lot of harm to other people. Like, we do a lot of harm to, like, relationships. And so, again, like, yeah, like, we need to, like, see how they're dependent together. And that takes courage, right? Because, like, the world wants us to keep each of these separate. But, like, we're called to be this holistic thing. Um, what do you all think? Do we hope that most people find a spiritual component in their sexuality? Why or why not? Sam says thumbs up. Other folks? Yeah, yeah. And again, again, beyond just like sexual behavior, like I hope that like people find a spiritual commitment and like intimacy or sensuality or their identity um, as well. Um, I'm going to leave these up here if you want to take these home just to think about. Um, so I'd encourage you in the next week just to spend time like thinking about like your own sexuality, right? Saying like what areas am I like pretty developed in? And again, realizing this changes over time. So like today you may be like, I got this down, but maybe come back to it in a year. Um, or are there areas that you might need to spend some time developing more? And then to think about when is sexuality most spiritual in your life? And also, when is your spirituality most sexual? Um, and you don't have to share this with people, but if you have a partner, you might want to talk about it because it might be an interesting conversation to have. Um, but as a way to end, why don't we make a big circle and we'll just do a kind of, we'll get our, we'll get our uh, touching in today if you feel so called and we'll grab hands. And my apologies, we didn't get to the values part, but that will be for series number two. So hopefully we get there next time. Um, but I think this is the fourth through sixth graders. Um, one of the questions that came up um, that we were thinking about as we were doing the series for them, so the question that came up um, just broadly was like, what if I'm different, right? Like, what does it mean that if I'm not like everyone else? Um, and so we had all of the kids in the class do affirmations of themselves, um, which is something that I borrowed from uh, everything I've ever done because we just have to keep doing affirmations of ourselves as like good <laughs> and like bodies. And like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to participate in their circle too. I am smart. So um, I would love us to go around and if you feel comfortable, just saying a word, um, but rather than focusing on attributes like personality, just to name something about your body, your sexuality, your relationships that you think is good um, as a way to close. I'll leave some free thing. Thank you, Jesus. Um, amen. 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 Thank you.